Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Okay. Hey. hey, guy. Gotta get my my lighting. My house is a mess. I'm in the small <laughs> We had a leak in this in a couple spots. So in the basement or what? It's just in the roof. We're in a three flat downtown Chicago. We're on the the top floor, and so the ceiling is right above in the roof. So a couple spots, but it's. It's good progress. Yeah, we have a uh, couple overhead doors, and we've tried for years to try and get it sealed underneath. And so every time it rains, nearly every time it rains, it just comes in. And so if there's boxes down there, yeah, ruined shirts. So we have uh, we Ooh. have like this plastic pallet that we keep a lot of the boxes off the floor, and yeah, you know, one of those things. It's yeah, better. we fixed it kind of, but it still comes in. There's a shop here in Chicago that had that problem where they, uh, uh, yeah, just leaked all through the water. And then there was that, no, no, there was a fire. Then sprinkler set off. Um, and then that ruined everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's a drag for sure. So my whole building's on four foot stilts, so it's completely off the ground. So you're set no matter what. Yeah. He can I just have her. the problem. I just have the problem of getting things in because everything has to be off a truck or forklifted. I have no ground access. Oh, yeah, Dylan, there's, that's funny. There's a couple of shots we've seen here too with that. They actually blew out the back wall to get the forklift to go a little bit better. Yeah, we had to do the same thing. We had to put in like a, a, like a 10 by 10 roll up door just so that we could have the new equipment come in. That's like literally the only point of having this door was to bring the equipment in. So now it's- How do you get the shirts out? Like all the we have we have like a loading dock on the end that we built that we put in, so UPS backs up and then oh, okay. they go out that way. But but yeah, like anytime we get equipment, it's always like a hassle to get everything in. Sounds easier than uh, our friends in Holland who have to yeah, dude, fucking deliver by river by boat or, or canal. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's all. Pray for no hurricanes or any bad weather. Right. Yeah. Where have you been? Doing good, man. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. We, we've actually been really, really busy. Um, it's interesting. I feel like some shops are way busier doing fairly well compared to last year. Some are just like calling it quits. So it's been exciting. I mean, bring on, we have three people start Monday. So yeah, that's a, just getting everybody like super optimized as quick as possible is, it, it, you know, it's a lot, but it's exciting. You, you told me that on a phone call, it was yesterday or, or Monday, I can't remember. And which is the opposite advice. I gave advice to uh, in-house. We were on, on a, a podcast with them. Yeah. They said, hey, we want to hire like maybe three or four people at the same time. I'm like, oh, I never do that. <laughs> and so here you are telling me you did that. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I, what's your secret? How did, why did you, you know, do that? I try to batch it. Um, I purposely try to get more people together at once to get them started because I do a lot of the same things up front at the beginning anyway. So like the, the first part, the first week is the same for everybody, regardless of the role. Like 
we have HR stuff. We go through the basics. We like, um, you know, we're just like doing all the basics and the foundation. And then they are a part of the sales team. So they know regardless of their customer service or uh, we call it customer care or their success, they all go through the sales side and then they go in their own department. So if I can do that full week, Oh, and we take them to a shop too. So like just spending time there. So yeah, I try to batch that one. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Uh, now that I think about it. So yeah, if you have, I feel like, I feel like when we hire people, it's for a specific position in the shop. That's more like a manual labor thing. So if you had to train three people on three different totally ends of the shop, like that would suck. But like Bruce is kind of putting them into the same training thing. Yeah. I I really want them. I want them to get it. Yeah. That first, like nobody, understands really the industry. I mean, we just hired a guy, Matt Marcotte, who knew is very familiar with the industry, but everybody else learned the space after. And I mean, you guys, that's a lot. Like the terminology, the, down to the little things, jump down to the people. Like we had some, we had some um, new team members who came on, who's like very kind of corporate-y. And it's like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like these people are like super cool relaxed, you know, people used to hang out with, you'd go like, like when I see everybody, I'll grab them a hug or, you know, this is not like going to an attorney's office or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you go about hiring? Like, do you, do you look for those characteristics first to see if they're like a fit for your culture or is it more just like people that are qualified to do that exact job? I guess. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I, I, so I had worked in a couple companies before that I felt they were just focused on pure growth and not on the people in there. And I was like, okay, I'm going full time on Printavo. So I worked on Printavo nights and weekends for like five, six years, um, before going full time. And then I did, I was just like, I've learned all these lessons from all these other companies that I want to either do or not do. And one of them was, I, this is a small company. I want to work with people that I like hanging out with that I would yeah. like go get food with. Um, so I spend that extra time. Cause I think especially being small, like having the people that I can rely on to execute stuff while I'm not there, like really builds and creates this like execution based team. Um, that, Cause I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be stuck in like, pure operational like little minute details because people are tapping me on the shoulder so we we all as a company create those processes to help reduce that yeah i like that um so during the interview process do you go get you know go out to lunch or something like that or meet and get coffee or um is this after they're hired that you do that kind of thing um, no, we, so we have a f- two to three step process. Actually. Um, I do a first phone screen. We have a, an HR like consultant, her name's Wendy Davids and she will interview them separately. And then we bring them in and they meet the whole team that they're going to be working with. And it's not just me that makes the call. Like if somebody else is like, I don't really think blah, 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 blah on this, then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, but usually everybody's like, okay, that person, mm, or yes, we all really like that. So it hasn't ever been fully split, but I'll tell you what, the second step is such a great screener. Um, 
for some reason, when somebody outside of the company, Wendy in our case, interviews them, they are like disarmed and like they tell them stuff that they wouldn't tell me. And so we've been able to use that to be like, holy crap, that, that person is really strange <laughs> or <laughs> like, that's not, we don't like, I've heard some crazy stories. I was like, Whoa, that's not, we don't want that. So Wendy, um, the, this is a third, this is an independent third party. It's a firm that an HR firm or just yeah, she's B B and H partners. Um, and she's awesome. Um, she, she, we actually had her on for that COVID, like when all this stuff happened, um, she joined the program. So you can listen to her about, uh, her company's name is BHRS partners. But anyway, um, she has just helped so much with that process. And whenever we have HR problems, I go to her, and, you know, what do you do when you find a weirdo and you have to fire him? Um, so we've had to let go three people. I personally suck at firing. Like I just don't like it. Um, I don't think anybody likes it unless you're. Yeah, but like it's so, it's so, it's such a thing where like you should have done it three months ago. Oh, always. And like, and like no matter how many times you know that, you're like, no, it's it's like a bad relationship, right? It's like, no, it's fine. (laughs) She'll be fine. Not you, it's me. Exactly. Like, no, no, they didn't mean that. They don't really mean to say that. You know, it's like, and then, and then when you do it, you're like, what was I thinking? You know? Um, when you finally do it, you're like, what was it thinking? Why did I wait so long? Exactly. And your team knows that. So like, it's like everybody knows it, but nobody's kind of saying it because you're the boss. Well, the thing about it is like, like even in, in, in the shop, like when you have to fire somebody, everybody else is always like, why, you know, get rid of them, all this other stuff. But then you're like, all right, well you fire them. And they're like, uh, no, I don't want to. And it's like, yeah, it's the same thing for me, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go up to this person and be like, Hey, you know how you depend on this for your life? Um, see ya. It's like yeah, nobody every, wants to do um, that. I've only fired or I've only terminated one person on the spot. Uh, everyone else was um, like they're on probation. And so, you know, something's going on. And then there's like, there's a, ver- how we do it here. There's, there's a verbal discussion. Uh, if that doesn't work, then we go to a, we write them up. And uh, in that write up, we talk about like this 30 day probation. So, you know, here's what the problem is. And let's during this next 30 days work on that. And if we don't find a solution and if that if nothing, if we don't improve or if you don't improve, then that can result in termination. And so they know that at going into the 30 days. Mm. So they have opportunity. We, we have an opportunity to say, Hey, maybe this is our fault. And we were, uh, we didn't train you enough. Uh, and they have an opportunity to say, Oh, I really want to work here. And so I'm going to get it together and, and, you know, so that I don't get terminated. And then at that 30 days, then it's, then well, that's what I mean. That's the difference between like on the spot or after 30 days. And usually it, it improves. I would say maybe 70, 80% of the time that it doesn't result in termination. So, um, that's smart. You know, they say, somebody told me that when you let somebody go, it should be very clear that they knew that was going to happen or else you didn't do a good job um, communicating expectations. So, like, so it's not like that's what you do. I mean, it should not be a spread. Exactly. Mm. Like it's like, they know that you're, you're telling them this is not working out. I'm sorry. Right. Um, which that's, that's really clear. I like the way that you did that. 
Um, well, and it also, so, so if you're, if it's a type of thing where it's just, let's just say they're, they're late, you know, and it's in your employee handbook that you can only be late three times. If you just, without documenting it and you terminate, then that's a uh, unemployment issue. And so, but if you document it, then, uh, then you have a case, you know, and so there's, it's difficult. I'm not very good at it either. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I've just done it a bunch of times and I hate it. It's the worst day. I sometimes have to leave. Like that's it, you know, and move on. And I have to just go home. Yeah. But, uh, at the same time, it's, it's necessary. You know, if you want to, if you want to, um, improve your, your shop, then sometimes you just got to do it. I don't know about yeah. you guys is this like HR and paperwork and stuff. I just hire some thugs with like an unmarked van and just be like, Hey, this guy needs to go with you for a couple of days. That's smart. Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to work. They disappear. <laughs> don't do good work for me. You don't get to exist anymore. And then is that a New York what? thing. Yeah. No yeah more. It's only here. <laughs> no more pizza Fridays. for you. <laughs> yeah. And then I, That's and then I 300 kick them in the van. <laughs> yeah, spotted. Yeah, that's um, that's actually really good. And I mean, only having like a one person—that's that's awesome. I feel like we've been fortunate with only three. Shoot, we've been we've been really fortunate with the whole coronavirus stuff. I feel like and lucky, and then and on top of this, um, I, I, I have one person on the spot. Like we had an there was an issue, and they had to be terminated on the spot. And other people though are on probation and then they're. Oh, okay. 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 So I've only had to, I've only had to actually like fire one person. Everybody else has been like that higher. And you find out like a week later that they like just don't fit and then they end up quitting. So, oh, so you're the lucky one. I'm a lucky one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have, I've had a handful, uh, come for the first day and then at lunch just not come back dude i had one <laughs> i had i had one that basically he said he had to put in his two weeks at another place because he wanted to work for us so we ended up waiting two weeks to get him in there and then he was like hey can i not be on the books for like this first week because i want to collect like another week unemployment or something oh, and it was awesome. just like dude this is sketchy already and then he gets there and he's supposed to like clean screens which is obviously like something nobody wants to do and then uh he was there probably like an hour and i went to lunch and when i got back all my guys were like laughing at me when i walked in the door i'm like what they're like he quit and I was just like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? They said that if I, he said, if I had to do this every day, I would kill myself. And I was just like, Oh, cool. Is that like the glass door <laughs> review? <laughs> and I was just like, what yeah, the right. hell? So I waited all this time for this dude. And then he left and it was just so good. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, Oh, cool. Cause all of us here have done it. And we, you know, we feel the same way. So sorry. Love so how did shirt, you by the way you like this yeah yeah it's my party shirt party comfort shirt what you does know. it say in there what really you have or was the label oh it's dixon on there uh, yeah it's custom custom upstate get them made overseas <laughs> so so what made you want to do this like do this whole software thing instead of i guess you were printing before right or you were working in a print place yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> I went to school, University of Illinois in Champaign. So um, middle of nowhere, but uh, Big Ten school. So a lot of students there. And then super into skateboarding. Um, basically, for 
my whole life up into there and then started to get into like clothing and starting to make clothes and then sell them through different skate shops. Um, and then the guy who was selling some of our stuff, he had screen print equipment just in his basement. He had like a little Riley Hopkins. And then uh, he's like, hey, you just want to buy this because I'm not using it. And at the time, you know, like Cup Johnny Cupcakes was huge. Uh, the hundreds is really big, like these big streetwear kind of skate brands. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're like, wow, we could do really cool limited stuff. And so we bought it, um, and put it in the back of his shop. It was like his shop in the front, a mini ramp, and then all this screen print equipment. It was so dirty and filthy. We had to like rip out this. He was like, you probably don't want carpet. So let's rip this out. And we're like, are you sure we could just start learning and printing? And he's like, no, 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 just trust me. Like, Shops that have carpet or rugs blow my mind. I can't imagine. I mean, the tack and let alone the plastic, but like, yeah. yeah, So we just bought it and just like any other shop, you know, we actually just started printing for the university, printing for Greek houses, clubs, event, all that stuff. And then we just needed some sort of software to help keep track of everything. Um, And like, I felt the current solutions were just horrible. Like it was like, complex that uh, most yeah. of them weren't even cloud-based um either super expensive or there wasn't much so started to just code it and just started to build it um now were you doing a- that or did you have somebody doing that for you? <clears throat> at first i did at first i did did not do it myself i had somebody else that didn't work out he did he wasn't that interested he said um, he had to do first, it every day he'd kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> and laughed after the first day. Yeah. It's good. yeah. So, so, uh, then I hired this guy in Eastern Europe and I think I gave him like a couple of grand. And, uh, then he was like, Hey man, I gotta make my rent payments. Uh, like I'll get you some code and stuff back. So I gave him an advance and then it was, he was gone. He was like a guy that was trying to, um, clean screens. <laughs> and then, um, he just literally disappeared, never heard from him again. So I was like, wow, that sucks. And then took a couple, a little bit of a break. And then, uh, I think it was really my dad that was like, are you going to like learn to code this stuff or not? Yeah. He said it with a little more vulgarity, but, yeah, um, which I appreciate. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And so I bought a, a coding book. It's called Ruby on Rails. It's the language and just started learning from there and started building stuff. I had always been interested in design. So it kind of coupled together a little bit. What was your major at U of I? Uh, I double majored in business. So it was process management and information okay. systems. So part of that helped a little bit, but really, I mean, it's just like learning, you know, screen printing itself, right? You just like jump in randomly and start doing it. Um, and then you do it for a long period of time and then you get better. It's that whole 10,000 hour thing. Now I'm not, I'm not any sort of expert. Our engineering team now is like crazy good. Uh, but I just learned enough to be able to like build, build, iterate, build. Right. But you got it going enough to get it started at least. Yeah. And that was just like literally five years of, I, w- I would go, they have these co-working spaces. I would go at night and just be there until I was so tired and they go home, um, sleep, go to work, um, come home, you know, and then go back there at night again. And just, I enjoyed it. Like I have always loved building stuff. 
So, so you went from, you went from printing some stuff to being like, Oh, I need something to help me get organized to staying late every night at a space to code this thing. Or you were like made a decision of like, I don't really want to print stuff. I want to make the software instead. Yeah. Well, when we were getting to the end of college, I was like, I want to leave Champaign. I wanted to go up to Chicago and the thing with like going to the college of business there is that they kind of funnel you into this whole, okay, now go work for consulting or go do accounting or something like that. Right. And so I was kind of a part of that funnel. And so I was like, okay, you know, go work for consulting. And I did it for 11 months and then left to work for some startups and do some coding there. But when I left, I was like, well, I don't need this equipment. And, um, I wanted to focus more on the software anyway. And, Right. And so this guy in Iowa, I want to say, he came over and he just bought everything. So I was like, cool. Um, so I didn't think much of it. Although I do want to buy that stuff back one day, but we actually don't have an office right now because of everything. So do you have everybody working from home? Yeah. So it's so funky. Our office lease ended April 1st we were supposed to have a new office then and moved into it like a day later. Right. But the lease, the lawyers doing their thing didn't get the lease to us in time. And then in mid March, everything really started to blow up. Right. And so we're, I told them, I was like, uh, actually we're just not going to have an office. Um, I mean, and that's everybody perfect. was part remote anyway. Sorry. what did you say? That's perfect. I mean, that timing is, that was awesome. Really? Actually, yeah, it's a blessing. I, 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 yeah, I did nothing. It just <laughs> laid itself out. Do you do you feel like we were talking about this the other day at like a like a family event or whatever? And all these people that are actually finding out, like they had to evolve to keep going with all this stuff, but they're actually finding out that those things that they evolved into are actually better than what they were doing before. Do you think like? this might be something that's better for Printavo instead of having like an, like do people actually have to come to your office or can you just have everybody work from home and do the same amount of stuff? That's a good question. I didn't know the answer until a week ago, actually. So we put everything into storage, right? Like all chairs and all that stuff. Yeah. And I go in there the other day cause somebody was asking for something that they forgot and I open it up. And there's these cool banners that we got made. There's like things that we had on the shelves, celebrations that we had when we hit certain revenue markers and things. And I was like, there's a strong piece of the culture at the business here that you wouldn't know about unless you were around, like to see it and be a part of it. Um, so at that, I was like, I think we need something small when everything settles down. And, and there's like, you know, either vaccine or something, but I think we'll need a space that people can come in and out of kind of like a coffee shop type. And we always had about half the company was in and out, but just to like create that vibe, I I just, I don't know how, maybe I'm not, you know, on it enough. Some companies do like Zapier. Zapier is a hundred percent remote. They're a big company. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I agree with you to a point because it's kind of like us, like, half of the fun of going to work every day is like seeing your friends and the people you work with and just like bullshitting with each other. So like, I agree with that, but like you're also going from before we probably had the mindset of like one day, you know, as a business owner, you're like, 
one day I'll have this massive office and stuff. And now you actually think about the numbers. You're like, you know what? It'd actually be cooler to downsize to like you're saying, like coffee shop style, like a smaller place where people can come and go, but they can also come and talk to each other and hang out. You know, it might've been better for you to have this happen and decide to go to the smaller space instead of like trying to get this massive space that you didn't necessarily need, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of commercial uh, space and subleases that are popping up now too. So fortunately that'll be better for us and for anybody that's looking for something small. Cause yeah. like, people are all thinking about doing the same thing. But do you guys have, do you both of you guys have part of your teams at home or are they all coming in? When, when this first started, I had a couple like, like the salespeople and like the art department people work from home just because it was like the only way we could stay open and be essential is if, you know, we had minimal staff in the shop to where they weren't next to each other. But I mean, we brought everybody back once they said it was okay. I don't think it really mattered. They were getting paid the same either way. So, I mean, I like having everybody in the office just because I feel like more stuff gets done, but. Yeah, we did a little work from home. Uh, we can only have uh, our max gathering was 10 for a while there. And so we worked around that and it was challenging. But um, I kind of agree with uh, you, what you said, Dylan, is that it made us, this whole thing has made us better. Yeah. You know, um, we've had time to rethink a lot of stuff. And so um, I would, would I do what I want it? Would I, would I want to do it again? Probably. I don't know. As of right now, we're, I mean, our sales aren't there, you know, we're at, we're at 60%. So, so that's a bummer, but it's, it's building. And, um, I, I, I have a feeling that at some point, you know, if it's four months, six months from now, maybe it's 2021 is where we have to wait and we'll be back to where we were. I hope so anyway. But yeah. if that's the case and we're back to where we were, um, well, we'll be, we'll be better. We'll be a better company, more efficient and, and all that. Yeah. As you were saying that work from home, I was thinking, can we as screen printers work from home so we could put a eco text at somebody's house and then we could put the, somebody could put a press in their, in their garage and we could all separate all these things. I wonder if that would work. The designers can definitely work from home. Yeah. They would have to proof things like, like we could keep zoom open all the time or we could FaceTime proofing, you know? I don't know. Maybe there's a way to do it. If it comes to that. Yeah. I, I, I think it depended on what, what kind of like niche market each shop was in and like how they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like we're slammed. Like I, I don't even know if we would be this slammed in a normal year because I feel like our market, like there's a lot of shops, like you said, like weeded out all the people who were undercutting and like living on the edge as far as Mm -hmm. like funds and all that stuff. And like, as soon as all this happened and we were still open, we were getting calls every day being like, Hey, are you guys open? Because the other shop I was going to is closed. And we're like, yeah, we're open. And then now they send all their business to us. So like we have our normal business plus all these other people who are coming to us now and just like, every year we get a little bit bigger. So it's like, we're like, like I'm trying to hire people right now to fill positions like today. Like I was out in the shop doing all these other things that I normally wouldn't do just because we need people. So I don't know. I feel like it depends on what, what market you're in, but yeah, I mean, it sucks to say like, I'm glad this happened because I'm not glad it happened, but I feel like a lot of people are learning how to, grow their business without having all these extra things. It's like the old guard thing we were talking about when we were having, you know, talking around dinner the other night. And it's kind of like, you think in your mind that you have to keep doing things a certain way because that's the way it's always been done. 
but now this happens and it's like, well, it lets people think outside the box. They don't have to think like the other, you know, say it's a restaurant. They don't have to think like all the other restaurants. So like my buddy, Dan, who owns like a taco place or whatever, he basically, because they can only have people eat outside, he had the thing where now you can go scan the QR code at the table outside and like the whole menus on your phone, you order through your phone, you pay through your phone. And then there's just one waiter instead of like 10 that just like brings your food out to you and like sets it on the table and then leaves. So now he's like, I'm making way more money now than I ever was before because I have like half the staff doing the same amount of work. And like, he's like, uh, he's like, I might keep this forever now. There's no point in having people just walking around when now people can do everything from their phone. it's like, yeah, you're losing out a little bit on like the wait staff, but realistically, if you're going somewhere for dinner, are you caring about the waitress or are you caring about the food? So, yeah, I know this pizza place. It's pretty popular here. And they, uh, when it first happened, they switched, they, they put their entire dining room into a production for frozen pizzas and they sold 40,000 frozen pizzas. And, uh, and so they're like, hold on, you know, we've never even thought about selling our stuff frozen before and they were shipping it everywhere. And so now they have now part of their business model is frozen pizza. Yeah. You know, which wow. is crazy. So. You know, what's nuts is uh, there's actually a, a big restaurateur. He started that company talk as well. Um, his name's Nick Coconoas uh, or something. You can look you, him up, but he has a, you made that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually, I always stumble on his last name. It's like a Greek uh, something. Co- just search Coco Noah's. You'll find him. But anyway, I mean, he, he, he's also had never had higher sales now from just straight delivery. And he did the same thing, right? Converted the whole restaurant to delivery. Now, granted, he does have like a really cool branding niche of like, he's super high end charges, like, $500 a plate normally and things, but now people get kind of a taste of that experience. But it does make you wonder, like the way you're talking about regenerating the business. I mean, are, will there be pop-ups or restaurants that just have no dining experience and are really good tasting food, but like optimized for delivery maybe and pickup. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's super quick Jimmy John's type, but tastes incredible and healthy and all that. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Dylan, you're busier than ever. Bruce, you just hired three people. You're growing. Here we are. We're down. So I saw, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You We're just lucky. Uh, you had something on the, um, earlier today, you posted about quoting your, that, which Pintavo can do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that's going to help close sales. What is, what did you mean? Yeah. So one of the big things as we were building like a a larger sales organization in Printavo, um, creating like a really good repeatable sales process and then also enforcing follow-ups is like golden. I mean, sure. There's a lot of other things like discovering and doing, doing a better discovery process and proper sales and all this stuff. But like follow-ups are just so big. And we realized that it's like, we do 90% of the work. We, we helped the shop get started. Like we showed them what Printavo is about. We brought them to us. They're, they're excited. They did all that stuff. And then we just forgot about it. And it wasn't purposely. It was just, we were busy and we help another shop that was asking for a demo and everything. Right. Um, but we did 90% of the way. And the last 10% was just following up maybe seven, eight times. Right. To, because it was just timing thing. So at least for us, customers like you guys, like 
you get busy, you slow down, you're doing eight different things. And the follow-up was just checking in and something very personalized to that. So we helped create that more pipeline-based experience in Pertavo. So you can create a couple statuses that's like, quote, quote, follow-up one, quote, follow-up two, um, quote, text reminder, maybe. Um, are those are those follow-ups automatic? Is it something? Not yet, but actually, yeah, so you can automatically change the status and it will send a message, but it doesn't automatically change the status yet. It'll just send the message right now. The automation piece is actually coming um, in about a month. So we're really excited about that one because there's going to have unlimited triggers like, you know, you see on a Monday or, or a Sana or type or Zapier where you can create these funnels. So we're really pumped about that. But like, it just helped create that process of make sure to follow up and move those dollars to each next bucket, right? And then out. When out would literally mean it's either won or it's lost. And if it's lost, then what would be the reason? Because um, if you're only, let's say you convert 20%, well, it's like, why? Imagine you converted 25% versus 20%. What, what effect that would have over a year, right? It's large. So um, that's what we wanted to try to help. And some shops have started using it and seeing some really great success. So we're pumped. So let's say um, somebody sends a quote from here. And you, you can set if you want to follow up in three days or in, or in a week or whatever, you can choose that. Like there's details like that you can. So it doesn't automatically send a message for you, but it, what it does is like each order has a status and um, you create it in quote status, but those statuses you customize as to however you'd like. That's your workflow. The second status could be quote follow up. The third status could be quote follow up two, right? And now you visually see in quote, we have $5,000. In quote follow up one, oh, we have gotcha. $50,000 and so on. Mm -hmm. And so that's what makes it really cool um, to be able to help get those quotes moving down your pipeline and then out. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Now, do you get a lot of the like ideas for how to grow Printavo from printers just being like, Hey, why does this not exist yet? Or is oh, yeah. it something you get? Yeah. I mean, shop owners are super vocal about like what they find. I was just on two calls today with um, some larger shops about some feedback. They're always so, nice about it. Oh my gosh. Like I would say 90, not, I was going to say 98, 99 point, you know, whatever percent is super friendly and awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, we listen to that, like the engineering team pumps out stuff every two weeks of people's feedback and stuff, but we have to like mend like what is verbally feedback and then where we think things are also going as far as the space changing, technology changing. Cause sometimes you can just get a lot of feedback too, of people that used uh, a competitor, for example, which is like, we're not trying to copy a competitor. Um, anybody can can just say clone that thing. What do you guys have that's new that's coming out other than that? Yeah, so um, I mean, automation is big, but the real the real big one is uh, is power scheduler. 
So to be able to really get into the nitty gritty with scheduling, it, it kind of molds like a Monday and Printavo together. So you just that dog up. Like, I know I'm going <laughs> to strangle my dog in a second. What do you see a rabbit? No, it's just like every time somebody walks by my house, a dog has, feels the need to act like it's strong. My dog is probably this big. So it's like, dude, just know your role. It's like, Stop. You ever see those memes where they like the guy at the gym that's like super wide and they walk around yeah. with their arms open and everything. Yeah. You just I, gotta I have this tiny, tiny dash hound that just thinks that she's so strong. Stop. She's protecting the family. Yeah. Well, she's just really excited about scheduling. Yeah. Well, you said, you know, you said power scheduling and she was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, That's what I it was. Get you, in there. <laughs> you know, you didn't need to add power in there. You were just like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're like, th- that is, um, I think it, it's just going to be so, so exciting because for shops that have multiple workflows, you know, if you're doing screen printing and embroidery, for example, or you're doing um, finishing or you want to measure the, the production efficiency, like this is the foundation to that. And it opens so many doors to understand how your business is truly running um, that we just don't really have much transparency on right now. When's yeah. that being released? So they're actually giving a demo next week at Printhouse's Conf. So uh, Thursday and Friday. So on Friday, uh, around like two or three ish, um, we're giving a demo of of what it's starting to look like. It's a huge, huge change on the back end of how everything works. But the foundation, at least, it's going to be. We're going to tease that and start getting people on the beta. So speaking of Print Hustlers Conf, I was there last year. Uh, it was awesome. Thanks for putting that on. And Heck yeah. Year, Thanks for coming. Yeah. Well, this year I was invited to speak. and um, But of course, um, somewhere along the way, it's changed to uh, this live... Um, tell me about it. I'm getting confused. I'm already trying to explain it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, about four years ago, we were just sitting. It was three of us. We were sitting in this little WeWork. Uh, so like 10 by 10, we work and we had three, four people in there and we were just like, Hey, we should just do a conference and get people to come in to learn. And like, I'll bring in speakers and we can just help share uh, other educational tips. So that's been a big component of print album. And, um, we launched it. We did it. It was like, it took a couple months. We had about 30 people that came in and we've just done it every single year. Uh, and last year it was about 200 people. And this year we were planning about 250 to 300. Um, last year, you know, what's funny last year, there was this lady that flew in that bought a new press, uh, from Nigeria to come and hang out at the conference. Wow. And I was like, Whoa, I was like, first of all, how did you hear about us? Mm. And second of all, do they, they ship, like, where's the distributor there? I'd love to be able to meet them. Um, but yeah, I guess you just got a, a rock straight from Portugal. But anyway, so this year, yeah, we're doing it online and it's two days, a couple hours each day. It's next Thursday and Friday, July 23rd, 24th. And uh, Andy's going to be one of our speakers there, which we're really excited about. I hope he shits the bet on that live chat so hard. I'm fucking betting on it. Is that why you made that decision? No, I'm not going to leave it. But Andy's got a really cool, uh, some really cool stuff. Um, me and a couple other printers have a pool going of how bad he's going to eat it. 
I love that. Thanks for the support, man. You're a true friend. Dude, that's what friends do. It it will. Yeah. Well, hey, then it will make for even more popular. uh, Right. There's going to be so many people. Dude, the thing is, so many people are going to be watching not to learn from you, but to just watch you. Fuck up. Fuck up so hard. (laughs) Bruce is getting the numbers. He's like, man, there's so many people watching this. And they're all just like, eat it. (laughs) all right dylan you're next year yeah Yeah. i won't do i won't do live i'm not crazy (laughs) oh i hope we have a live one i mean not live but in person oh yeah in person so what was that we were supposed i was supposed to go i was excited all excited for this trip and oh heck yeah thanks for getting a ticket dude i got a ticket like first thing you're like hey this is happening i was like all right cool because i couldn't go last year because uh, you had it when it was like my daughter's birthday. And I was like, well, I can't be that asshole. Oh, July 20th. Uh, well, her birthday is the 13th. And I think uh, just where it landed, I wouldn't have been able to go or something. Oh, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, shut up, baby. <laughs> but anyway, like it, it's just one of those things. Another thing in the year where it's like ISS or something where you're, you kind of fall in the middle where it's like, all right, cool. Now it's time to go hang out with all these shops and, you know, I had plans with like Matt from Relentless to like go go to his place, and then we we're gonna drive down, stop at some shops, go to the conference, go to M and R, all these things, and it was just like, cool, that's canceled. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like anything else. Like I had like ten trips planned this year, and they all got canceled. So. Did you get your credits back or or your dollars back? Yeah, every every well, most events that I had bought stuff for. Luckily, I didn't buy any plane tickets yet, mm-hmm. but. Almost everything, yeah, almost everything I had going either credited me back or said, we're going to do it eventually and you can just go then. Um, But yeah, it's just as what it is. I mean, you can't complain too much because everybody's dealing with it. So, yeah. 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 It's, uh, I mean, you know, part of it is just, is the content and the people who try to bring it, but part of it, you're right. it's, It's just literally hanging out with, so many other different people, types of people from all over the place and mixing in alcohol. And then it's just, it's just awesome. And you know, you just get so many characters and like, it's great. I I feel like, I feel like it's definitely unintentional, but it's like anytime you go to those events or anything like that, I feel like you go to be like, Oh, I'm going to this event to learn this or to see this equipment or whatever. But I feel like as printers, we learn way more just being around other printers, like bullshitting in the street, you know, somebody be like, Oh, I was doing this thing. And then I use this and you're like, wait, what did you use? And they're like, yeah, I use this. And they're like, Oh, I never knew that. And then it just spirals into that. It's like the whole thing with this podcast and all that stuff is it's just like me and Andy just bullshit and riff on each other. And then people are like, Oh, I didn't know that. Or I want to try that out or whatever. And then it's like you Bruce with like Printavo stuff. And like, that's what I give you a lot of credit for is just like the content and like the education and stuff like that. And like YouTube, you guys for a while, they were doing like a video a day. Yeah. Like, I appreciate it. Yeah. It was, <laughs> um, what, I always keep saying I got to I was recording literally every single day. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like I, for me, it, it, I'm like addicted to that stuff. Like there's, I watch way more YouTube than I watch actual TV now. And I feel like every day it's like for a while there, I look forward to it. I'd get, get to the shop in the morning before anybody and like have like, you know, drink a breakfast or whatever. And I would just like watch, you know, your latest video or someone else's latest video or whatever. And then they slowed down. 
You're, you're you like know. you're like me watching Game of Thrones, Bruce. Bring that shit back. <laughs> I think we have like one, <laughs> like two or three a week now. Uh, yeah. What was that? Awesome. What was that like? Was it like you you scheduled all those out and it was like a a mad I mean, dash to get them we, done? Or we have an awesome team that helps put a lot of that together. So like, um, I used to try to write, but I, like I cannot write and or focus long enough to finish it. Yeah. So then I just started making videos, and then I set every morning like thirty minutes aside to to talk about something or to. Um, shoot i don't know like anything like interview somebody or do bring somebody on now we try to have a cadence of weekly because like daily's really hard interviewing yeah. or like a topic like you're like i don't even know what to cover but so now we'll do weekly and that's a little bit easier to bring like we just interviewed um president at sandmar um jeremy's awesome and and uh just to keep that cadence i mean you guys know for the podcast yeah. like so easy to start it's hard like eight months in yeah i definitely think like like once a week is is good like well well now i'm doing two a week so but even then it's still like i feel like it's good to do that because there are a lot of people that you see come out and they're like i'm gonna do a daily vlog and you're just like all right well let's put money on how long this lasts it's it's just like dude that's hard like what if you had a bad night the night before you're like fuck i gotta do a video tomorrow it's just like it was also easier with um being able to be at trade shows a lot Mm -hmm. so you know because then every trade show i would go to i would go to like three four shops and then would love to film like shop tours and do a podcast about something and at each one that's like eight pieces of content and that you can, you know, push out, but, um, yeah, no, no shop tours. So then it's, you know, do you have a guy there that does all the editing or do you, do you do it? We have actually a, an intern. So we have an intern. She's studying video at a university nearby. So she chops it all up for us. We have somebody in house though, that like can write really well and creates a blog post from there. And then we just had another intern from the summer who, um, helps handle social, type stuff. So, um, it's been really important. I think it's so important for any business. I've been a big on that Gary V, you know, content stuff, doing it just long term. Yeah. I feel like that's my biggest struggle right now is like with my own one is it's, I'll do it whenever I can, like whatever the, with the person. And I, I have to do them at night for me just cause it's the best scheduling time and easiest for me to do it. But sometimes it's like, I'll, I'll actually get the interview with somebody at, you know, like Monday night at 10 o'clock and then we finish at like 1230 and then I go to work the next day and then Tuesday night, I'm like, all right, I have to edit this. And I probably spend like four, hours, four or five hours to edit it. Yeah. You know, like, like what was it? Yeah. Last night I started at seven 30 I finished at 1130 with the first edit. And then I had to come downstairs, record the video or the audio intro, do the thumbnails, upload everything. And I went to bed at two. Yep. And then I launched it all. And then I wake up and I go to work the same time in the morning. And it's like, people don't realize it's like, yeah, you record a thing for like two hours and then you spend like five hours editing it and then you put it out. It's like, dude, by the time you're done, you're like 10 hours in. And it's like, there's a lot of interns. Um, there's a ton of people that are super interested in the video that, you know, you can help yeah. offload that. I mean, Andy, you did a lot of 
videos, especially on Instagram. I mean, do you guys do you guys do content? Is it more of like for fun, or is it more um, to attract customers, or what do you think? Uh, well, for me, it was both, and then also um, initially, anyway, it was course to for marketing, and um, uh, uh, but then it turned into um, it was just healthy, like for me, like a lot of my when I wrote a caption or something, it organized thoughts. Uh, like if it was a, if I did something right or if I did something wrong or if I had a good day or a bad day, it helped me organize my thoughts. And so, um, I've gotten away from it a little bit because, well, a couple of things, we're just, we're much smaller, uh, now, even though we've added some people back. And so I find myself like Dylan said earlier, I'm out in the, on the floor or I'm pulling this morning, I pulled tape off of a bunch of screens and, you know, uh, and then also I, uh, I don't know. I felt, I didn't feel like sharing for a while, you know, with all of this, it's been kind of crazy. I've, I've tried a few times and it was, it was kind of good, but, um, but now listening to this, I, while, while you were talking about it and talking about blogging every day or posting every day, I was gonna be like, all right, I'm posting every day and you can put <laughs> money on it. Just like, hey, the pool. dude, I'm going to run out of money. Arms. I'm going to run out of money for all That's the right, shit I bet against lose. you. You're going to lose. I'm going, I'm going hard. No, I'm going to, I'm going to make it all back. It's a guaranteed win. It's just, <laughs> I, I have so much, only so much money to put down. I'm going to, I'll, uh, here, I'm going to bet. <laughs> all right. Pull from retirement. Yeah. I'm going to have to I'm gonna call my accountant. And it's like, oh, Andy's doing another fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I said I wanted it in cash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to start putting up property. No, but really it was like, uh, you know, because it was awesome. I liked reading those. Uh, well, that's what drew a lot of people to Andy. I mean, I'm going to talk about him while he's here, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I feel like a lot of people appreciate and draw are drawn to shirt Kong is just because of Andy's like, you know, whiny rants at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like watching the bachelor. You know, I think, I think that the videos too were super unique. Like there's never been a, um, screen printing reality show or something. And that was maybe the closest that it got to it was like a cool minute, you know, video with something underneath. Yeah. All right. Those are that's good. the next he's, thing. He's definitely good at that. We've talked about that before where it always like, you know, if you're in the shop, you're always like, Oh, the drama of this would make a good reality show. But it's like, yeah, it would make, it'd be good for like a season and a half. And then people would be like, this is just the same shit over and over Maybe again. Maybe at your shop. Maybe yeah. at upstate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have as many failures as you, so it wouldn't make for good TV. Not as much drama. <laughs> um, yeah. But so the a uh, couple of the people that are at uh print hustlers, I saw a guy, he uh it's called EOS. Mm-hmm. Um and uh t- tell me uh tell us a little bit about him. What is he Yeah, Tom Power. So um if you haven't heard of EOS, it's entrepreneurial operating system. It's that book traction. We've been talking a lot about it. Um but basically traction is like creating, it helps you create a business process. So if you feel stuck in your business for a long period of time and you don't know where things are going, you look kind of week by week, then this book is what I picked up. Um, did the audiobook, fell asleep 
like four times and then got the real book. <laughs> and it, it was seems like awesome. it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, for the plane, I think it was just the plane rides, just going to so many like shows and like just going around doing stuff. Like I felt the audiobook was best use of time, but it puts you to sleep. It's it's so boring from an audio <laughs> perspective. Voice? Whose voice is it? Um, it's probably Morgan, it's Morgan like, what Freeman. author? Yeah, what author like <laughs> has somebody else read it? <laughs> yeah, they have Morgan Freeman or Denzel Washington or somebody read it. Um, but like when I started going through the exercises, it just helped me create a better framework for the business. And Tom is an EOS certified implementer and he goes around to businesses, big, huge businesses, small businesses, and helps you. He's like a coach. He helps you like create that process and that framework for your business to, to, to be on. Cause like, I wanted to go to my team and be like, Hey guys, here's the 10 year plan. This is like our stars, what we're going towards. And then here's it broken down for this year. And then here's it broken down month by month for us to get to that. Like I wanted that long-term vision for everybody. Um, I'm and, like, uh, here is yeah. our week plan. If, if that's a good day, I know a week. And so, the- I mean, they, they talked literally about that and just like, you're supposed to do quarters, but because of everything happening now, you break it down smaller and yeah. So we did monthly, but then you do have weekly meetings with each team to like talk about the progress of you guys, you yeah. guys make me feel like such a piece of shit. Cause like I never, <laughs> I never ever plan anything. We never have meetings. We don't do any of that. And it's not like a decision to do that. I, I look at other shops and people like you guys do stuff. You're like, yeah, this, I saw a fucking Andy, you earlier doing whiteboard fucking drawing <laughs> about what you got. It's like, no, that would never happen. I bet if I even tried to do that at the shop, people would be like throwing shoes at me and shit and be like, get back to work. Like, <laughs> they were just playing hangman or something. Dude, it's not going to happen. Like, I well, could, you need to write I would a love book to. on, on no, <laughs> I'm not, I'm doing EOS. Do. <laughs> it'll fucking dude. It'll be, it will make you not fall asleep. You'll be so jazzed and hyped when you read my book, <laughs> just the drama. And then now the TV series, <laughs> it's going to be all pictures too. Cause I don't like reading. It's just going to be a flip book of me bashing something against my head. That's, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the book cover. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, like, I'm not bashing, make, making plans and all that stuff. It's just like, I'm, I personally have never been that guy. I've never been in that mode to like sit down, like even a business plan. Like when we started, I never made a business plan. I'm just like, either. Oh, we're, we're going to print shirts now. And then we just yeah. did it. Like we just do shit every day. Like me as an owner, I like, I go through in my head of like always like systems and way to be organized and like way to do things better and quality and all this other stuff. It's usually just, I have notes like on my phone or on my computer of like bullet points of like, these are things I want to try when I have time. And then we try them and then I implement them and we go like, there's no like get the team together, get their opinions, figure shit out. It's usually just me talking to everybody being like, you think this is a good idea? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yeah, sure. And then we just do it. Like, yeah, I didn't I have a, a business plan either. I have a business minor, but, uh, and I was taught, I had a accounting teacher and she told me people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. So I'm like, okay, when I start this thing, I'm going to have this business plan and it's going to be incredible. Right. But I started and just nothing, just, I winged it every single day for probably the first three, 
I don't know, three to five years or something, never a plan. But I just feel like um, with so many things that like nothing goes to plan. You know what I mean? You can yeah. have like outlines and you're like, I want to do this. But like, I feel like if I was to sit down for like two weeks and like plan all this shit out, I'd get to like step three and everything would have gone to hell. <laughs> and I've been like, well, fucking that was a waste of time. Start over, like do this other thing. Mm. That's your yeah, it, <laughs> uh, it totally you know, is. I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody other than myself. I just, I, to me, it's just like another world. It's like, I couldn't even imagine doing that that way. Right. I feel like I feel like I was like that for such a long time, and then this year, it was like eight years, and then this year, I was like, "There's too many people doing things," and and like, I felt like things could grow a lot faster, and I could have more insight into the future if it was a bit more organized because i was like i was doing like that too and i still do like i i have my notes on my phone for what i need to get done but i was like are these things every single day i'm doing actually making forward progress or am i just you know like going around and around in a circle and i feel like after the third month to six month or so i was just i is what i'm doing every day moving the needle or is it just keeping a flow. I mean, have you ever felt like that where it's just, yeah. you, you know, you're just like, you look at your tasks and then I look at the completed tasks, right? Cause I make them little check boxes on the notes app on the phone. And I look at the completed and I was like, these things I was doing, I, I don't think this really helped move us forward. Like was the high level stuff I was supposed to be working on. It was like, I my day got filled with all the little things. And then the big project I wanted to get to, well, not, you know, it's pushed off to the next day, the next day. Yeah. That's I think what I mean. Like, do a, a better job of delegating because I feel like I get stuck in doing a lot of that stuff you, you just talked about, you know, like, oh, I want to work on a uh, bigger picture stuff, but then I'm in the trenches doing other things, you know, and I'm, and I, when I'm doing that, sometimes I'm like, man, why am I doing this? I should be thinking about, you know, <laughs> working on this other project. And so I know it's my fault, you know, and I feel I'm like not- that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at though, is I feel like we've talked about this a bunch of times, but like everybody who works at my shop is like a, a master or a manager of their area. And like, I get to the point with something like say we were doing something new, like fulfillment or something. Like I'm the one who goes in, I learn how to do it. I learn all the programs and everything we're going to use for it, get it going. And then I either hire somebody or take somebody who's already working there. And I'm like, all right, Hey, like I want you to do this now. I show them how to do it. And then from then on, I just let them think of their own ways to make it more efficient in there, you know, with themselves. Like, I'll help when I can, but I feel like everybody has their own way of doing things. So I feel like it'd be hard for me to just generalize what everybody should be doing and be like, this is the next step with this. This is the next step with this When in their mind. They're like, that's dumb. Like, why would I do it that way? So, and, and I just want to focus on what I want to focus on. Like realistically, I'd like to not have to do emails and have to like do all these other things. I'd rather just do like marketing and like creative stuff and, you know, talking to shops or, you know, finding new processes and new print styles and all that stuff. Like that's what I would love to do every day. Like that's what I'm striving for. And I feel like making plans for other people's jobs. It's like Chris is on vacation this week and I'm doing shipping receiving when I knew I normally wouldn't have to do that. I'm filling in. And it's like the way I see that he does things, I would never have thought of doing it that way. And his ways are way more efficient than I would have ever thought of doing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like letting him get in his own space and figure his own shit out. I feel like it's way, you know, it makes you appreciate everybody because it's like, they're the master of their area. And I step in acting like I'm the boss and I'm supposed to know more than everybody when I'm the asshole and I don't know shit. I just like started this place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one of those things that's interesting. We, I remember that too. And we have really pushed for replication and roles now because like if somebody is out on customer care side, then yeah, I'd be hopping into Zendesk and you know, answering everybody's questions and calling everybody back. Um, and then we had two people on customer care. So like if one person was out or not, like then I have that replication. Cause it was just, it was to a point where I was like, man, I, that's terrible. I, I have to let them of course take a vacation or, you know, mm-hmm. if they want to be gone a week. Cool. Um, but a week for me in that role, I can't do the, the other sales stuff and marketing stuff and my product stuff that I was working on, like you're talking about. Um, and a week is a lot, like there's only 52 in a year. So hmm. that was, I mean, that was, that was huge. So anyway, I, I guess that I, I think there was a point where it's like, okay, we need replication in each of these roles to, to be able to shift people around. And obviously it's different for the shop, but at least from a high level thought, no, that I mean, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, we think about that too, or just like people can jump into other spots and take over and stuff. But I think there's also a bonus to it. Like me and Andy talked on like one of our first get togethers or whatever, was just kind of like where, well, was somebody sick or somebody out or something and you were cleaning screens. And then you came to the conclusion of like, why, the f- why are we still taping these or why are we oh, yeah, still yeah, using yeah. registration marks and stuff? It's like the same thing with me. Like when Bill was out for Corona and I went in and did, screens and all that stuff. I was like, well, you know, he's just an employee. He doesn't have the, you know, the mindset or he has the mindset, but I mean, he doesn't have the ability to go be like, Oh, we need way more two thirties or we need, you know, this to upgrade or this or whatever. And I go in there and I work there for a week and I'm like, shit, this sucks. Let's do it this way. Like not against his way, but like upgrading things and making things easier for him when he comes back. And then he came back and he was like, he's like, Oh, thanks for doing this. There's just like stupid stuff. Like it's awesome. One of the things was just like, I bought like a dirt devil, like a, you know, a vacuum cleaner for like the shit that falls off the screens on the eye image or just like, buying more screens and having reserves or like getting rid of some stuff over here that didn't make sense. And it was just like, I feel like as the owner, you step in and you're like, I have the resources and the, I can tell myself, yes, it's okay to do that. Like, like I said, with like Chris being gone now, it's like what I went and did like after two days of doing it is I went on Amazon and bought like two U-boat carts because I was like, we're running low on space. And I was like, now I can take all these boxes for this order, put them on one big cart and then roll them over here. When before he was just like, Oh, you know, to him, he's like, Dylan's not going to like be cool with me just asking for more stuff. But I step in and I'm like, Oh, this, this will make this more efficient and stuff. So I hope when he comes back, he's like, Oh, you know, that was a good idea. And I just didn't screw up his whole system. That's literally that reset thing you were talking about, Andy, right. Of, because it broke everything down, like everything you thought was normal just got erased. It was like the opportunity now and still happening to create. Oh, we were talking about this the other day on a video. It's just you can create the business that you've wanted to yeah. have and create. I mean, you had to let go so many people. So it's like, okay, who do you want to bring back? Maybe what processes did you find? We, 
I realized we were spending an unreal amount just on marketing side and like a consulting firm and some other stuff. And, you know, just being in there myself, I mean, we were able to cut it way down and have the same effect, um, mm-hmm. which I was pumped about, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a, it's a neat, um, it's a neat effect, I guess. Uh, un- I, we didn't unpredictable really effect, you know, expensive, I suppose upfront, but may- maybe not in the long run. It's, uh, you get it back. I'm not sure. And all that like stuff that. you said just was cool, Dylan, except for the reserve screens. That was my idea. I told yeah, you. Yeah, no, I it was. You, to get, you were giving credit to somebody else, but I told you to get extra screens. Yeah, he was taking credit. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was taking credit. That's <laughs> <laughs> all me, though. The reserve nah, I don't think so. I think you're lying. <laughs> all right, but what, well, uh, like, what what I guess is like your goal for Pentavo? Like I know right now it's like shop management software trying to make things more efficient for shops. But like, mm-hmm. what's the you know your ten year? Like, what do you what do you want Pentavo to have your hands in? I mean, I, I'm super excited to bring modern, cutting edge, like real good technology into it. I feel like is a more outdated space, like. I'm at home and I can talk to Alexa to change the temperature and turn off the lights and like do all this crazy stuff from my phone. And, you know, and I feel like at, at our shops, it's just not the same. Like we don't have, you don't have that transparency into really how well you're running the business and like how efficient things are, or, or, you know, to be able to communicate and, and, and interact in, in some really neat ways. And, um, we're, that's what I'm super pumped on is just to keep building that stuff out. Right. Uh, because the bar is just, I think it's really low still, you know? Um, and I'm sure you guys have seen it too. Like, we'll be like, man, why is it so difficult? Like, why, why does it take so long to do this? Or why is it in this automator? Why can we find a better way? So that's, that's what we're, you know, we've got people that are from, really crazy cool companies that came to join that mission. So, um, they're helping that to, to build that and to scale and maintain it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, that was the high level political answer without, uh, giving too much of the details yeah. away yet. <laughs> well, I feel like, I feel like it's hard too, because I feel like a lot of the reason why a lot of things don't grow and it's not just a straightforward process. Like I feel like for you, you're trying to make, things streamlined and easy for as many shops as possible, but every shop is totally different. Like, yeah, they're printing shirts, but like they're using yeah. different presses, different inks, different types, different niches, different everything. And everybody's yeah. got their own artist spin on everything. It's like, you can't please everybody. Like you can't mm-hmm. make it exactly the same. It's not like a machine shop where it's like, this is a machine that makes this part. Yeah, let's streamline this, make it perfect. It's like, there's so many different ways everybody does everything. It's like, I don't even... Oh yeah. 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 The workflows are crazy unique, especially because everybody does, not only do they do things differently, but like everybody prints or does other services a little differently. Yeah. You may have embroidery, you may have signage, you may do, you know, this here in this building and there in that building. And yeah. Yeah. You may be out of your garage. You may be out of You may have a, you know, 20,000 square foot shop. So it's, you know, a lot of different levels. That's when you said this power scheduler would be, um, I'm really interested in because, you know, you have scheduling for 
five jobs a day or scheduling for 50 jobs a day and all that mm-hmm. in between, you know? And so how, how does that work? So that'd be yeah. great to see. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. I, I think the other thing too, is there's so many of some assumptions that we've taken as this is the way things are done that if you question like, well, why can't it be better? Like, why do we spend, you know, why do you shop spend three hours a day counting shirts in? Like, why can't accuracy be better or the way, that it detects, you know, quality be better on press or like, you know, automatically or like there's a pinhole. Okay. And it stops like, and you don't burn through the whole roundabout or um, why can't you, you know, see how well your shop's running for your phone or, you know, it's just like these things that we just accepted that are kind of fun to be able to question um, for future improvements. Well, I am uh, excited for, my live um um shop tour and it's going to go super smooth we're and, all uh, excited heck yeah <laughs> but uh and there's this going to think there's this thing where we're going to do um it's kind of like 73 questions i talked to you a little bit about it and so here's like a teaser and i thought i'd ask you a few and so are you ready me or dylan Bruce. oh this is going oh, to Bruce. Okay. i don't care about dylan yeah. uh, and his questions but uh, right, so this is going to I'll, just, I'll just shut my stuff off see you <laughs> uh all right so um first question first thing you thought of this morning coffee or not <laughs> what did you say is it coffee or not <laughs> yes uh what did you eat for breakfast i always have yogurt oatmeal and this protein shake thing every morning same yeah that's not distracting Dylan. And Hey, knock that off. <laughs> um, if you had a different career, what would it be? Holy crap. I hope I could be a, a really good surfer. That would be awesome. Uh, favorite food. Pizza. Least favorite. Pizza and hamburgers. Oh, uh, least favorite foods. Peas or beans. One of the two. Hmm. Uh, Did you say the, peas? Yeah. What's wrong with yeah? Peas? I just I don't know. I, what, oh, I thought I, you said favorite not. food was peas. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> asked you what your favorite food is. You're like peas. We're gonna edit that <laughs> in, in post so that he says his favorite food is yeah. peas. Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite peas? food? Uh, peas. Well, this guy's a serial killer. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and call the cops. <laughs> uh, I put other people's flesh on my face and I eat peas. That's what uh, call, I call it. Call or text. <laughs> text. That's a younger generation thing, isn't it? Dude, I text everybody. I always tell people like business so stuff quick. too. Because you're I'm just like, doing just like things. things. Yeah. Sleep or wake up early. Oh, sorry. Sleep in or wake up early. Wake up early. No break. Cash or credit? Credit. I don't think I've had cash in my wallet. There's no room in it. It's yeah, just right. so small. And the last question, what's your favorite podcast? Yo, don't forget to tune in everybody to the shirt show. Don't lie. What's your real favorite podcast? (laughs) Uh, My real one. Um, I listen to uh, how I built this a lot. Same. Yeah, it's um, great. I think it's so fascinating. Now, granted, they don't go enough into detail, I think, on some things. Like, it's kind of horrible. But, like, to learn how Peloton, you know, started 
I mean, that's fascinating. That's I just that's listened really to uh, Danny Myers. He's Shake Shack guy. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Story. That was he's awesome. always on CNBC actually too. Mm-hmm. Like him, um, you know, he's, he has a larger company that is a huge enterprise catering business yeah. for airlines and stuff. But anyway. All right. Well, Dylan, you are uh, down in Florida where I just was, it looks like. Yeah, I can teleport. <laughs> Perfect attire for it, too. Mm-hmm. When I teleported, it lost my hand. Oh, shit. There, it's back now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's half my body. It's okay. Well, hey, Bruce, thanks for doing this, man. It's good to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even know I was recording at first, so... Um, we got everything um, it's fine <laughs> sweet yeah no thank you guys this has been awesome i love just chit chat it's kind of this is the part of the trade shows that i miss it's just hanging yeah. out it's fun for us plus it's fun to just bust on andy and he always tells me how i'm an idiot so it works out pretty good yeah i think the next the first trade show actual trade show is it um Wait, is it Atlantic City's happening or not? I can't remember. It, apparently, Atlantic City is still happening, but I don't know. Fort Worth is supposed to happen. When's that? Mm, August something. Oh, really? I, yeah, we, 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 I think we're not doing any show this year. It seems that we're feeling it, but uh, I think I may try to go just to meet and greet a couple folks. But I mean, it's middle of Texas, though, so that's not a good situation in there right now. What about Long Beach for you? Holy crap. I don't, that's such a, I mean, that's the show. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would love to have it. We're going to have so much to showcase at that one this year. And that's the biggest show I think for everybody. I really, really hope that happens. Yeah, that would be a bummer. But I mean, California obviously is having a lot of problems. They just rolled back. Yeah. Um, I think they have school or something on the fall. So, yeah, let's fingers crossed for Long Beach. Yeah. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, you guys have a good night. You too. See you, hey. See you guys. Thank you. See ya.